And I said, James, what do you want out of life? And how do you want to serve? Welcome everybody to another week of Funny Business. Today with me, I have James Nolan, who is a CEO of his own company, and he's also a public speaker, am I wrong? You're correct, and an author. James, thank you so much for being on the show today. Before we dive into your tips for business and all that jazz, I'd love to get to know uh, our guests just a little bit more. So where'd you grow up and what was your childhood like? So Kent, thank you so much for having me on the show. I grew up in Lynchburg, Virginia, which is in the central southwestern portion of the state. And I had great teachers and people to support me and who saw the gift early on. My parents did not go to college. My mom was a factory worker. My dad was a, a farmer and truck driver. And I just had a dream to get the heck out of Lynchburg. And I would say, dear God, please take me far, far away. And that actually did happen. And I quite frankly, didn't really know what I wanted to be when I grew up, but I watched the Cosby show and I said, well, I want to be a doctor or a lawyer. And believe it or not, I went to undergrad at University of Virginia and then went to Howard University College of Medicine on a scholarship and dropped out because I didn't like, I didn't like it. I just didn't want to be a doctor. And then I went to law school at Duke and ended up practicing very shortly before founding my own company. So it's been a very circuitous path, but fortunately I found my way and I'm happy today. How did you get started in doing what you do today? Because lawyering and doctoring to public speaking and motivational speaking and, and book writing, that's two kind of separate worlds. It makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> it really doesn't. <laughs> but I think some of the skills that I picked up in medical school and law school lent themselves to being a great consultant. Mm -hmm. And so I left my law practice back in 2007 to start my own consulting firm Excel Global Partners and grew the company uh, relatively quickly. The challenge was we started during the Great Recession, which was really, really tough. I mean, I was just dialing for dollars, trying to get consulting gigs or whatever. And it was kind of a one man shop. And then we got a client. Client loved my work, told us other people about our firm and the reputation started to grow. And before I knew it, I had a, a partner to join me in the business. I had uh, employees. And we were doing work in different states and sometimes in different countries. And it was just hustle, hustle, hustle. So I don't know how I got here, but I know how I got here. If I, if I had to give you the Cliff's Notes version of it is because I found a path that worked for me versus what other people told me to do in order to be successful. Let's dive into that a little bit because there's actually a lot of people right now because the last year with the COVID, they've, they've lost their job, they're trying to start up their own businesses. What advice would you give people who are just now trying to figure out what they really wanna do? Well, well, first my heart goes out to those folks who are struggling with finding their way who might, might not have the, the financial income right now that they need. It's tough out there right now. One of the things that I used to say is if you're going to go into business, go all in, you know, it, you shouldn't have any distractions, but in today's economy, I'd say, don't quit your day job, you know, figure out some of the ropes, ask the questions behind the scenes, talk to other business owners, listen to podcasts like this one, get your plan in order so that you don't fall on your face and lose all your savings and then have to just struggle, struggle, struggle. And for me back in 2007, I did leave a six figure job to start this consulting firm. And I didn't really know a whole lot about what it was going to be about, but I did know that I had been exposed to the major consulting firms like Deloitte and uh, Accenture and some of the big dogs out there. And I was like, wow, if they can do it, I can do it. And I was so unimpressed as a lawyer by those really, really large firms and the bureaucracy and how they operated and the outcomes and deliverables for projects. I said, I can do it better. Mm -hmm. 
And so I found at my firm based upon the, the premise of providing better value, white glove service, more access, all those things. And we worked, worked, worked and hustle, hustle, hustle. But in today's economy, I think if I had to do it again, Kent, I would say, if I got a day job, don't quit it. Ask the questions of your peers, your friends, nighttime, weekends, build it up, learn some, learn some lessons from your mistakes. And then, you know, get out there and, and, and go full gusto. Did you really discover your insights about how you wanted to get to where you are in your career right now? What did you feel like you brought to the table that others couldn't? There was a defining moment. When I first started my business, I was chasing dollars. I was shaking as many hands as I could. I was taking on every project that I could. I was stretching our capabilities. And when I received an opportunity, I would say yes. And we had different practice groups and we had lots and lots of employees and we were making a lot of money, but that came at the cost of my health and some other things in my life. Fortunately for me on August 25th, 2012, I had a special blessing happen in my life. And that was my body was recovered from a drowning accident in a lake in East Texas. And I had been overworked. I'd been very unhappy with life, but I also achieved everything that people might say is excellence on paper. I had the clients, had the money, had the houses, had the cars, had the flashy friends, had all those things. But what crossing over and coming back allowed me to do as I worked through my brain injury to talk and do some things better because I had speech issues when I came back from the brain injury. I asked myself, you know, how was I living? You know, what was I doing? What are the folks that are important in my life? And what's the work that's important to me? And this was real, uh, really a, an evaluation process and a self-examination process where I looked at myself really hard in the mirror and I said, James, what do you want out of life and how do you want to serve? So we took the business from having all these different practice groups and all these different clients and the partners being stretched in all kinds of different directions. And we said, okay, we're going to do two things. We're going to do two things, guys. We're going to do strategy consulting, which is the executive coaching where we work with CEOs and, and boards and C-suite teams and developing high potential employees. We're going to do that. And we're also going to do financial information technology software consulting. We, we operate on the finance side of the business and on the operational and strategy sides of the business, and we're going to be the best at it. And don't you know, Kent, my stress levels reduced, our expertise and confidence increased, clients started talking to other clients, recommendations started rolling in, and I created this entirely different lifestyle. And as I was doing that, I said, well, you know, I always wanted to write a book. I never knew what the book was going to be about. And so I wrote a book. And that book is called The Purposeful Millionaire. 52 rules for creating a life of wealth and happiness now. And I wrote that book and I, I, I promise you, as I was writing that book, I was doing work on myself. I was healing and I was building something on the inside that was just really, really amazing for me to move into this new space of confidence. Because once you stare death in the face and once you build back up, you make some tough decisions. And I know that it's tough to, to tell business owners or folks wanting to start out to contemplate your death, but it's pretty awesome. If you think about that, not in like, like a morbid kind of way, but to think about it, what is it that you wish to achieve while you're here? How do you wish to serve? What's important to you? What's important to you? And some of the things that used to be important to me as this country boy coming out of Virginia, 
who had gotten all these degrees and stuff and, and who thought that the material stuff was important. Yeah, whatever. I learned my lesson and then I pivoted. And then the financial stuff started to show up in a new special way. And then we started to have clients that instead of, you know, paying for 20% of our bills and taking up 80% of our time, you know, these were elite clients who respected us, respected our talent, respected our problem solving capabilities. And the business started to change and my life started to change. So what were some of your earliest business mistakes and what did you learn from them? Ooh, to not value myself enough, okay. to not value myself enough. Today, I know my self-worth and there's so much power behind that. The, the schlepping that I did and the midnight emails that I did and the lost vacations and the, the, the lack of weekends and the, the, the not attending friends' birthday parties and, and, and those things, that came at a cost because I was so desperate to prove to people that I was smart and capable and that our company and our employees were smart and capable and that we could do the work. And I had this kind of underdog syndrome or this imposter syndrome where I would, I would give away the house. You know, we would meet with people four, five, six times. And before you knew it, they were calling it exploratory meetings, but we were actually doing strategy sessions and giving them the answers and they would walk away. Oh, thank you so much. You guys are awesome. We're not going to sign that contract. Yeah. But now I know how important my time is. There's a limited amount of hours for, for James. There's a limited amount of energy. There's an infinite amount of energy in the universe, but there's a limited amount of the, the, the giving that I can give, I, I give in a different way now. I give from a, a special place of knowing my worth, but also being able to say, hey, you're going to get a teaser. I'm going to give. But also, if you haven't signed on the dotted line, can't be taking these phone calls all the time anymore. Yeah. And so I've gotten into a really, really good rhythm with that. And it's been good for the business and our other team members have as well. L let's talk about this for a second, because you are roughly at the top of your game. Like you're out there, you're doing business with lots of really, really big companies, but there's always somebody else out there that seems to be doing just a little bit better. And I love this concept of that good artists create on their own or they borrow, but great artists steal. So what did you steal from somebody else and how did you make it your own? I want to go back for a second to the imposter syndrome. And that was, I was competing, but I learned how to be unique. So I learned to accept how unique I was. I learned to, to love James. I, lo love to, I learned to love Excel Global Partners. I learned to love my team in a different way. And we created a culture where people want to work for us and where clients want to come to us. So if I stole anything, if I stole anything, it's culture and love and how to treat people. And the person who taught me that is our president in the business, John Sheldon. I, I used to think, John, why do you care so much about employees and, and you know their personal lives and you know the spouse's name, the dog's name and, and what church they go to and all that stuff? Why do, you, why do you care so much about all that stuff? He said, because it matters. It matters. And I took that from him after my accident and I, I stole that from him or, or he gave it to me as a gift. And I started caring more about myself and about other people because guess what? When folks work for you, and they show up, the title is not showing up, but the person is showing up. That person might have a spouse, they might have financial issues, they might have all kinds of, of things going on in their life. But when you hear them and you see them and you care about them, they're gonna wanna work for you, they're gonna work harder, and they're gonna be more loyal.
And that's the best gift that I've ever got. And that's coming from someone who had been at the top levels of, he was a, a CFO for Jacuzzi brands. He was a international controller for Tyco for 27 countries, worked for AMP. But he said, my best bosses taught me how to care for people. And that's a lesson that I had to learn. And I stole it from him, from some of the cultures that he had gotten from some of those best bosses and some of those best run organizations. What strategies and what skills have you been able to develop in order to pull the care that you want out of those types of relationships? So believe it or not, I am an introvert, sort okay. of kind of. I'm kind of in between an introvert and an extrovert. And I'm sure that there are a lot of business folks out there who are saying, oh, you know, I'm an introvert and it's hard for me to get out there, but you've got to. And I could be, you know, curled up reading a book every single night and, and not, you know, networking, doing any of those things. And it's uncomfortable for me, but I acknowledge the truth of that discomfort. But I also realize that I cannot grow my business if I don't get myself out there and encourage the other introverts who might be working on the financial IT side of our business, or sometimes the strategy side of our business, who'd, who'd rather be looking at spreadsheets or, or behind a computer to get out there. And so I encourage them. And, and here's what I do. And this is hopefully Oprah won't get mad at me for taking her idea, but she has, you know, super soul Sundays that show mm. we all get together as a team on Fridays and we have super soul Fridays. And so I'll lead a talk and we'll talk about consciousness. We'll talk about self-care. We'll talk about communication skills. We'll talk about the balance between mind, body, and spirit. And I'll check in with the team and I'll ask them how they're doing. So I'll interview people or I'll lead a talk and people get motivated. Sometimes we'll do a little bit of yoga together and some stretches together and get all amped up. My assistant, Sharon, is uh, she's formerly in, in event planning. Sharon does an amazing job with DJing. So she'll like segue in with music and stuff on Zoom. And it's this magical moment on Fridays where we just all get together and we say, ah, oh, we can relax. We can connect. We've gotten through 90% of the week. Let's connect and let's appreciate one another. And so that's how we do it. And the introverts come out sharing stuff that they might not have shared. And then all of a sudden there's this amazing connection on the team and we connect as a group. And then guess what? They're connecting behind the scenes as friends, going out to lunch with each other and, and seeing each other in a new way because they have these aha moments. And I have these aha moments during Super Soul Fridays where they're saying, oh, I didn't know that about you. Let's connect and talk about it. And it's so cool to see that magic happen where friends are working with friends. You have so many different companies that you run between the book writing and the, the actual consultancy stuff. And then also the public speaking stuff. That's a lot to manage. And um, we have another entity. We have a couple of other entities, entities too. We've got a, uh, an environmental company and, and some other things. Okay. Gotta stay balanced, but then, so yep. you've got multiple multiple streams of both revenue and also care and concern that you've got to give each one individually. So how do you achieve efficiency? What shortcuts have you found to be able to streamline your success? Exercise. My, my mentor, Dr. Bob Brown, was a forensic psychiatrist. The man's 90 years old today. He adopted me when I was in college at the University of Virginia. I still call him dad to this day, and I've had two men adopt me in my life, Bob Brown and Bob Heimrichs. Both of them loved exercise. Both of these guys are giants in their fields. Bob Brown, forensic psychiatrist. Bob Heinrichs, my pops, I call him pops. He recently passed away earlier this year and I miss him tremendously. Lived to be 87 magical years old, but both of them believed in moving the body. And Bob Brown, told, Dr. Bob Brown told me this in, 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 uh, at the University of Virginia. He said, James, I've never diagnosed 
a deeply uh, clinically depressed person who exercised heavily. And he taught me a lot about mental health. And he said, if you can learn a little bit about mental health, how the brain works, how the mind, the body, the spirit works and exercise and all this stuff and how to care for yourself and feed your brain the right food. And you can share some of that information with other folks. You can create whatever you want to create. You can do whatever you want to do. And that's been one of the biggest blessings that I've gotten is to have two, two dads, two mentors who just achieved at the top of their game, but they also knew the power of exercise, moving the energy, moving the stagnation and, and letting go of the things that kind of pull us down sometimes, including like, okay, I said that wrong or a conversation didn't go right, or I could have done that better. But exercise just allows us to uh, go into a spiritual place, an emotional place of recharge where we're putting that energy out, we're letting the toxins out, but we're bringing that good energy in. And that's what both my dads taught me. Okay, so let's let's talk about this. From you realizing that you needed to make a change until now, how long did it take until your consultant agency was up? We had, the accident was in 2012 and I was, I was, I was doing such deep work on myself, Kent, that I, I, I thank God for, for, for John really running the company as president. And I, I, I'm grateful for the employees that stuck with us because I was really quite frankly lost in finding myself, but everything was coming together in this magical way. In this magical, magical way where I was realizing this accident didn't happen to me. It happened for me. Mm-hmm. So long story short, it took me about three, uh, three years of, of recovery from the, the brain injury. And actually, here's the thing. It took me three years to want to still be here and to still be alive. I, I didn't want to come back. And I, I couldn't stand this place when I got back. I finances and traffic and relationships and complications and politics and all that stuff. Didn't like it. Didn't want to be here. Mm-hmm. And so I detached from the business. I showed up, but I wasn't present. So it took me some time, but once I integrated things the right way, that's when we said, okay, we're going to do our two practice groups. We're going to do them darn well. I'm going to bring this gift of executive, executive coaching, and I'm going to lead our corporate strategy practice. I'm going to give these keynote speeches. I'm going to do those things. And we're also going to do the financial IT, but guess what? We're not going to do 50 or hundred different things and raise our hand at every opportunity. We're not going to do that. There's going to be a new us. We're going to be laser focused on excellence and being subject matter experts, but also we're putting the right energy out there. And we increased efficiency as we were doing so because we found our voice. So as I was finding my voice, the business was finding its voice. Here's the thing, Kent, and I, I wanna caution the listeners, don't get stuck in comparanoia because I did it for years. And I, I talk about that in the book. Someone else being successful in six months, they might show you on their website or or YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff, Twitter. Oh, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. Good for them. They are on their journey. But the big question is, do they have joy? I've had joy when I've had some of my moments of of being broke and near bankrupt, but I've also been freaking miserable, man, when I've had millions of dollars. And so... This is a, this is a journey guys. It's a, it's a journey in, in, in finding yourself and bringing that core of who you are and sharing it with the world as a leader, as a CEO, as a business owner in your own authentic and special way. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if, if you compare yourself to other folks, you're going to be constantly looking in the rearview mirror 
And if you're looking in the rearview mirror and you're looking all around you, guess what? You can't drive the car. You can't drive the car ahead and you're going to crash. So the real focus is get the joy. And if you don't have it, find ways to achieve it. And then your business is going to be fine. And, and let's stop putting, let's stop putting goals around stuff. Oh, by the time I'm 30 years old, I want to have $10 million. I'm at the time I'm 40 years old, I need to have $50 million. Give me a break. Give me a break. Relax, relax, enjoy the process. And stuff is going to happen for you, happen with you in a really, really magical way. And guess what? You're probably going to keep your marriage. You're probably not going to have a car crash. You're not going to have a stroke. You're not going to have a heart attack. You're not going to have a third, fourth, fifth marriage and have to redo things all over again. And you're going to be okay. Cause you're building, building, building. Some folks build slowly. Other folks build like rockets. That's okay. We just let them be. We let them be and we're happy for them. What is the biggest challenge in your field that you've had to overcome to today? Patience, patience. Yeah. It, it, I had nothing but patience after my accident, mm. but, but now I know the gift and I know my self-worth. And I know our company's value and what we bring to the world. I get so excited. And you can probably tell by the way that I talk that I get excited about the business and the work that we do. I get so excited. I'm like, I want this to happen tomorrow. I want it to happen tomorrow. <laughs> but can't everything happen all at the same time? Can't happen when we want it. There's a perfect timing. There's a rhythm to the universe that we just have to accept sometimes. And sometimes we push ourselves too hard. Or how about this? For the folks out there, how many times have you really, really wanted something you asked for it and you got it and you were like, man, I wish I didn't have this. <laughs> it can be a relationship. It can be a client or whatever. So just relax. It's all going to come together. All right. So who is the ideal client for you and where can they find out more information about you if they want to hire you for their business? The ideal client is a mid-market to large market CEO or a C-suite executive for our executive coaching corporate strategy side of the business. And on the other side of the business for financial IT, all the CFOs out there who want a unified financial intelligence platform that is kicking butt against the oracles and the SAPs of the world, contact us. We've got the technology and we've got the brains to make your business run faster and more efficiently. And we have a lot of fun in the process. Well, James, thank you so much for being here. For those of you listening at home, make sure to like and share this with some of your friends. Uh, hopefully they can get a good nugget out of what we've uh, just been talking about today and make sure to subscribe. We'll see you next week. Want to learn the tricks of our trade? We have them all laid out in our courses on Harmon Brothers University. This isn't surface level stuff here. This is our entire playbook, all our secrets laid out in full, the same training we give our own employees. You'll find courses on ad buying, writing video scripts to sell your product or service, creating the kind of large production ads we're known for, even making short ads using nothing but your cell phone. If you're looking to use video marketing to take your business to the next level, Harmon Brothers University has the course for you. Our students have seen incredible growth in their businesses by implementing what they learned in our courses. Take these reviews as living proof. We've now got multiple campaigns that are in the millions of views and in the multiple millions of dollars in sales. Within a week, we're close to 10 million views, over a million in sales, and most impressively, we've covered 100% of the production costs in the first 24 hours of releasing it. We saw immediate results. Sales went up 10x the first day. The first video we did is over 30 million views. The most customers that we've ever acquired in a single month. I think we had about 26,000 new customers. Go to HarmanBrothersUniversity.com to start accelerating your business's growth with video.